Let's pray. Father in heaven, I thank you that you are alive. I thank you that you're reigning forevermore. I thank you that we can come to you and knowing that your word is true. Thank you, Heavenly Father, for giving us another day. Another day to praise you. Another day to glorify your name. Another day to be witnesses for you. And Lord, as we come into this new year, may we understand the call that you have on each of our lives to be a mouthpiece for you wherever you place us. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. I'm going to ask you, um, I know you were just standing, but I have a my old habit is having you stand for reading of the Word. And if you are able to stand, please stand. If you have your Bibles, please follow along. Matthew 28, verses 18 through 20. This is what the Word of God says. And Jesus came up and spoke to them, saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and earth. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all I have commanded you, and, lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Heavenly Father, these are your words. Come right out of your Son's mouth. The words that we call a Great Commission. Help us to hear Help us to apply them where they need to be applied in our own lives. And Lord, I pray that you would um, help us to get to know you better, not only today, but this year. In each moment you give us to, to spend on this side of eternity. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. You may be seated. Back on November 27th, I shared a little bit as way of kind of a, um, oh, maybe a little introduction, not exactly to this, but in the new year, we're going to be having a disciple-making course, and Micah Johnson is going to be teaching it. But we, as we looked at the Great Commission, we looked at it realizing that most of the time... We think of the Great Commission as goal or evangelism, like the big E on, a, on the eye chart. But as we looked at it that day, we realized that it wasn't evangelism that it was really speaking of, but it's really talking about disciple-making. I suppose it's talking about evangelism, too, but it's more disciple-making. And that's not going to do what I want it to. So, anyway, you have to realize that that is the D. Disciple-making... It's the last thing that Jesus told us to do. How are we doing? How are we doing it? How are we following the last command of Jesus? So what is involved in disciple making? We're going to look briefly. This is just a a small glimpse of what we're going to to look at it today. Um, but, you know, it's kind of interesting as I was looking at that, that phrase, to make disciples. I looked up in a, um, in a commentary, uh, Richard Lenski's commentary, and he makes a kind of interesting comment about the word to make. 
he says, the verb form conveys the thought that this is actually to be done. Novel idea, isn't it? That the word of God is to be obeyed. I read that again. It conveys the thought that this is actually to be done. That is to make disciples. One of the key things in making disciples um, is prayer. If you're doing your little sheet, that's the first one, okay? Are you satisfied, first of all, with your own prayer life? Our best example, I think, in prayer is Jesus. We could, we could look at people. There are some great men and women of prayer. But Jesus is our best example. The Word says that He never did anything without talking to His Father first. And as we look at John 5, John 5 excuse me, verse 30, it says... I can do nothing, this is Jesus talking, on my own initiative. As I hear, as I judge, and my judgment is just, because I do not seek my own will, but the will of him who sent me. He said, I can do nothing on my own initiative. This is Jesus, God in the flesh. And how often do we think we can handle everything on our own? We don't need to come to him in prayer, right? Because we can handle this. But Jesus always went to his father. Big or small things. And then we can look at Jesus. We, we could, hundreds of verses. Luke uh, six twelve talks about him spending all night in prayer. I mean, this is God in the flesh still having to pray. We can look at the early church. Uh, Acts 2, 42, it says, And they were continually devoting themselves to the apostles' teaching, to fellowship and breaking of bread and to prayer. The early church focused on prayer. How about the church of today? Where does prayer fit into our lives? We already talked about the great examples of Jesus, of the early church. As we look at disciple making, it is essential in disciple-making, asking God, who is it? Who is it that you want me to pour my life into for the next period of time? To help them grow, help them to become solid in, in, in their walk with Jesus. Prayer is essential in our relationship with Jesus. And to find out what He is calling us to do for Him on this side of eternity. The second key to disciple making is love. Agape love. God love. What is agape love compared to the world love? World's love? Agape love is sacrificial love, isn't it? It's giving up like Jesus gave up his life for us. Like some of the songs we, we sang, the praise choruses about what he's done for us. The world's love is Selfish love. It's for me. It's self-gratification. Infatuation or physical love. That's really what the world talks about. They don't understand God's type of love. The sacrificing, giving up. Jesus was our example for that too. There was nothing Jesus did that was done because he had to. He did it out of a love for us. He was willing to give up his life for you, for each one of you today that are here. 
That is the picture of agape love. Laying down our life for a friend, or even, in Jesus' case, his enemies. As he was getting ready to ascend to heaven, he shared with us what we call the Great Commission, what I've just read. To make disciples. And the Great Commission, if it's going to be followed correctly, it has to be done out of a great love for Jesus. A great love for the people whom we are working with or discipling. We can never, uh, if we think we're earning salvation by discipling, we got it wrong. Salvation is a free gift. It's nothing that we can do to earn it. Romans 6.23 is very plain. It says, for the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus. We need, dear friends, to pray that we need to have a deep love for the people God is calling us to. This last week, I guess it was a a week ago, Friday on the 23rd of December, uh, a man passed away that was very instrumental in the uh, Commission on Evangelism in the FLC for many years, Dean Hobelman. And, and, and it's kind of fun thinking back on him. But here, there is a man there that never, um, never came into contact with a person he didn't love to talk to about Jesus. He loved to talk. He loved to talk. But a lot of the times he was talking, he was talking about Jesus, not just the weather or whatever. The third key in disciple-making is intentional multiplication. That is to empower that person that you're working with to become a disciple-maker. I believe very strongly that this has been the missing ingredient in the average congregation of today. Disciple-making really fits well with the AFLC because everybody is to be involved in it. And, and we, the AFLC, are built on the lay people, not on pastors, but on lay people. Without the lay people, we fall apart very quickly. If we are not intentional about any project, event, or ministry, it will not happen. The multiplication thing is huge when we all have a part. Little bit of, a, of an example, but uh, we think think that there is a. Uh, imagine with me, this is this is really not possible. Well, I have to be, I'll get in trouble for saying that too. It's not normal, okay? That an evangelist, every time he spoke, and he spoke every day, that a thousand people came to a living relationship with Jesus. Three hundred sixty-five thousand a year. That's a lot of people, but. How long would it take for him to speak to every man, woman, and child on the face of this earth? How many years would it take for them to hear the gospel and respond if there's one person doing the preaching? It's kind of a question. If you have any guesses? A thousand years. A thousand years. Now you're only off by about 19,500. 20,500. None of us here are going to live that long, I don't think, are we? No. In eternity, forever, but 
not in this side of eternity, <clears throat> where God is calling us to follow him. But let's, let's stop and think about the multiplication thing. There is only one believer, um, Philip. I'm going to pick on you because you're young, okay? He's the only believer in the whole world today. And he takes his dad aside and says, I want to share the gospel with you and I want to disciple you for this whole year, this next year. And then the next year they both, both disciple somebody else and they keep multiplying. How many years would it take that 7.5 billion to have been discipled? How many years would it take? Philip would be turning about age 50. Because I'm guessing you're close to 17, right? 33 years. Think of it. It's doable when we all are part of the process of disciple making. So often um, we, we don't look at it, but as parents, when you raise your children, you are making disciples. You're discipling them. So often today, people, um, parents say, well, you can decide, young person, what you want to do, what you want to believe. How many of them are walking with Jesus today that have been told that? If we don't teach them, if we don't train our children, they're not going to have a desire to follow the living God. Jesus set an example, did he, of the disciples? He spent three years with these guys. And some of them still were a basket case by the time he was done with them. But he spent time with them. He loved them. He poured his heart into them. Intentional multiplication. That's what Jesus came for. And that's what he did when he was on the face of this earth. Because every single one of those guys that he worked, well, sorry, 11 of them, started working with other people, didn't they? Especially after he was gone. The fourth key that I'm going to share with you this morning is uh, the key to disciple making is time. It seems that the first thing most people talk about is how busy they are after they've talked about the weather we're having, right? If you were, and I told him I was going to say this, okay, so he's not getting blindsided. If you would talk to my youngest son, Caleb, very long, he would talk about how busy he is. All these things he's doing. He's really no different than any of the rest of us, Right? And you're saying, if you're going to put another thing on, want me to put another thing on my calendar, I just can't handle it. Well, I'm not asking you to do that. Actually, the Great Commission is asking you to, to give up a maybe hour or two a week of your life. That's not a lot. An hour or two a week. To help somebody else grow in their faith and help them to the point where they start helping others grow in their faith. That's what discipleship, disciple making is all about. Helping people grow and become stronger in their faith. Disciple making is what Jesus is calling us to be involved in. When we disciple with the agape love, with that motivation... He will be glorified. The kingdom of God will grow on this side of eternity. Are, will, are you willing to see the world, at least around you, to begin to be transformed? 
as you train and show people what it means to be a discipler. Hebrews 12, 1 and 2 says, Therefore, since we have so great a cloud of witnesses surrounding us, let us lay aside every encumbrance and the sin which so easily entangles us to let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. God is calling us to be followers of him and to lay aside every encumbrance. Paige saying this morning about maybe, maybe God's going to come back again. What a great thing to be involved in, making disciples when he comes back, right? Heavenly Father, thank you for the challenge of being disciple makers. And I pray, Lord, that you'd help us to understand the joy that there is in making disciples. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.